please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good to be with you again, Jonathan Dunn, streaming live from Rick Bonfield Ministries. And uh, if you haven't heard, uh, we've rescheduled Rekindle the Flame Conference. Rekindle the Flame is the conference we do every year. It's a Holy Spirit conference where people come for four or five days for worship, to hear the Word, and to receive prayer. And most of the time, it's people who... They've been on a trip with us or, or Pastor Rick's come to a revival at their church or, or some way you've been connected with us and, and so you just want to come and you invite some friends, invite people from your church to have an experience and you get to see old faces. And a lot of people, you know, life happens throughout the year. You know, we're call, we've been calling people uh, about Rekindle the Flame and, and a lot of them will say, man, I... I'm, life is, is, is wearing me down. I need a boost. Right? And that happens. That's normal. You know, life just is, is so, so demanding so, so sometimes. Uh, and you just need a boost. And, and we, we try to provide an atmosphere where you come and you just get a, a shot in the arm of the Holy Spirit, a shot in the arm of Jesus, and just provide an opportunity to, to seek the kingdom life And so, come to Rekindle the Flame Conference September the 23rd to the 27th. It's in Marietta, Georgia this year at Mount Bethel United Methodist Church. $35 for adults. Uh, Everybody else is free. If you're you're a student in any way, shape, or form, then then, uh, your registration is free. Uh, Kids are free. Youth are free. But uh, adults, we ask you to pay $35. And that includes two box lunches. Two, two lunches. So honestly, uh, you know, it's practically free. Yeah, 
You'll be basically just paying to eat to come and eat. So, uh, so come to Rekindle the Flame in Marietta. We want to see you there. You can register at Latterain.com. L-A-T-T-E-R-A-I-N.com. Latterain.com. So we'll see you there. Well, let's continue in John. The Gospel of John chapter 14 is in verse 18. Jesus says, I will, the King James says, I will not leave you comfortless. The Greek word is actually meaning fatherless or orphaned. And so here, you've got to remember that the disciples, Jesus just told them that he's going away. And so they are very bothered because they, they're looking at the things that Jesus has been doing and the movement that he's created. I mean, thousands of people, he's got the Jewish leaders all stirred up. <laughs> he's created a lot of trouble. And then he says that he's going to leave. And they're like, okay, so you want us to deal with the Jewish leaders, leadership who hate you and now hate us, and you want us to deal with all the crowds, and we don't have a clue how to do anything that you are doing. <laughs> Imagine what that would feel like, you know? Just, hold on, Jesus, what are you, what are you saying? That, why would you do that to us? We've been following you for, you know, Two and a half, three years? And we're not ready for you to leave. I mean, we don't know how to deal with these guys who want to kill us. We, whoa. Yeah. I'm lighting it up there. And, uh, and, and we, don't, we don't know how to, you know, we, you sent us out on the little mission and everything, and, and we did, you know, but we don't know how to do the teaching you did. We don't know how to do the, the work that you did. And, you're trying to tell us that we're going to do it. You know, you know, we studied the passage. You do greater, or you know, what do we say? More in quantity, not quality, because there'll be more of them. But uh, man, Jesus, that, that's asking too much. Now, fast forward to your life. Do you ever feel like Jesus is just asking too much of you? I got you hooked now, so I better deliver, right? <laughs> Because all of us feel that way sometimes. God, I can't take it. That this is what you what what life is demanding of me, what you are putting in front of me, what you are asking of me is simply too much. I can't do what you're asking me to do. And that I believe is why John put all of this in his gospel. It's because he knows that all of us are going to experience that feeling of how are we supposed to get the work done that God's, God's called us to do? How are we supposed to deal with our family when it's just our family just doesn't seem like it's. I just want to run away. It, it, nothing can be solved. It's not going to work. Let's just cut and run the family situation, right? How am I supposed to deal with these people in ministry who don't want to listen to anything I have to say? You feel like Jeremiah the prophet. God told him straight out, nobody will listen to you. Oh, thank you very much, Lord. May I have another? No, this is your cup to drink. Oh, man. And so, whatever your situation in life and ministry is, your circumstances, all of us deal with, it's too much, God. How am I supposed to do this? But now, think about Jesus, okay? Jesus, whatever we have to deal with in life, Jesus dealt with that plus more. Okay, let me say it again. Whatever we have to deal with in life, 
Jesus dealt with that plus more. Okay? He had family members who thought he was absolutely crazy. His hometown in Nazareth took him up on a hill and wanted to kill him. Literally. They would have thrown him off the cliff, but he walked through the midst of them because it was not his time. Okay? The people who were supposed to receive him rejected him and put him on a cross. Uh, he had to give his life, totally surrender himself unto death. In other words, you know, talk about dying to self. His best friends deserted him, ran away. I mean, so whatever we have to deal with in life, Jesus dealt with that plus more, right? Rejection, abuse, hate, unforgiveness, bitterness, attempts on your life. So, what Jesus is trying to tell the disciples and us is that I am leaving, but I will not leave you as orphans. In other words, you will not be helpless. You will not be without guidance. Oh, okay. So Jesus is trying to help them understand that He's going to aid them in the call. So He says, I will come to you. Now, all of this is sort of under the umbrella of what Jesus has already said in verse 16, I will pray the Father and He shall give you another comforter, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. Right? And so, Jesus is bringing in some uh, family imagery here to say, because you got, you've got the, uh, the whole Trinity working here. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then, Jesus brings in this idea of, you will not be orphaned or fatherless, meaning, you will be a part of this family by means of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And of course, we think of some awesome scriptures that go along with that. Ephesians chapter 1 is, uh, is one of you know, our favorite ones where it's, um, where was it? Uh, chapter 1, verse 4. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the pleasure of His will. And then, of course, there's Romans 8, which is another um, famous one. And so I'll just read that one real quick as well. Um, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit, the Holy Spirit, of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Okay? So, Jesus has already explained to us that His ability to live the life that He lived and overcome the circumstances that he was able to overcome was because he was connected to the Father. He said over and over again, I only hear what my Father hears. I speak what my Father tells me to speak. I do what my Father tells me to do. And that is the means by which I am overcoming all of the obstacles that are coming at me. The same with us. is staying connected. Okay? So, how do we do that? Well, let's, let's, let's continue to read a little bit. Yet a little while, it, he's going to have some all kinds of uh, sort of uh, flowing language. You know, the Gospel of John, especially when we get to this, that sort of uh, 
the Olivet Discourse and all of that. The the language for a no that the Olivet Discourse is the Matthew one. This one's called now forget. Well anyway, it's called it's called something. The farewell? I think it's the farewell discourse. Anyway. The language sort of cascades. It's, it's almost like, you know, you watch some if you've ever been hiking and you go up and see some falls and, and everything the water just sort of like tumbles down. And so the words just just sort of fall on each other and and it's so beautiful. The language is like flowing and so sometimes it can kind of seem hard to really grasp onto what's going on because the language just keeps going. But we're going to try to pick apart a few things here. Yet a little while and the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live, you also shall live. And that day you shall know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. (laughs) See what I mean? He just kind of like falls on. Uh, He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So, Jesus kind of like picks on the idea of a dynamic relationship between the Spirit, Himself, and the Father. What do I mean by that? Okay. Relationships, any any real relationship in your life is dynamic. It is not static. Okay? It's evolving. It's... Uh, it is reacting to circumstances. It is reacting to the other person. It's reacting to outside influences. Okay, it's react. It's it's uh, reacting to emotions. It's being proactive. Uh, it's making decisions towards that person, regardless of what they're doing. You know, so you have all these dynamic things that are happening in a relationship. You know, you're laughing one day, you're crying the next day, you're mad the other day. Uh, you know, you, uh, you're you're uh, in love with him one day and you can't stand him the next. You know, all the all these things happen in a dynamic relationship. So the reason I believe that Jesus speaks this way and that John just presents it this way is because it's very dynamic. It's 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 uh, a relationship with God is dynamic. It's evolving. It's 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 full of life. You know, because the idea that, okay, I am going to relate to God. How do I relate to God? Well, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior because of what He did on the cross. And now, I am saved by grace and I am uh, a Christian. And so now, I have a relationship with God based upon my intellectual understanding of the cross. And now I relate to God. Thank you. No! That, there, there's no dynamics in that. There, there, there's no relationship. It's just a sort of a static position that you want to put yourself in. And, but there's, that's not a relationship to God. You're understanding your, yourself in a position to God, but not in a dynamic relationship. But relationship with God is dynamic. What do I mean by that? Well, every day when you wake up, something's going to happen that day. Something will happen that day that will be different. I mean, it, it, circumstances, will, it, situations will present themselves 
people will say things to you that, or, or you have to get a job done at work, or you have to solve a problem at, a financial problem in your life, or whatever, and you're going to have to deal with that in a dynamic way. And if there's not a way for God to be a part of that, you know, whole situation, then, uh, the relationship with God is sort of on the side as like, well, I, I understand that I'm in a position of salvation and under God's grace, but God is not involved in the dynamics of life. So somehow there's got to be a connection between the Lord and what life does. Okay? What would you say, Kathy? Get that, get that microphone. I was saying that He has to be Lord of our lives. Okay, so what is, what is life then? Life, what happens every day when I get up in oh. the morning, including Jesus in that. Okay. When I'm talking to somebody, when I'm working, when I'm, you know, going somewhere, if I'm going to speak to somebody, if He cares about the small stuff. Hallelujah. So, so, in other words, being Lord of your life is God... I really, I forgot to bring my lunch today. <laughs> so, are you? Did you? Did you tell me to? Did you make me forget my lunch because you want me to fast lunch? I hope not. <laughs> so, if you need, if you want me to eat lunch today, God, please provide some lunch. <laughs> you know, there's been many days where I forget lunch, and then lunch comes. Hallelujah. Many days I just walk out of that house and I, I get to the office at about 10.30. Man, I don't have any lunch. You know? Suddenly somebody comes in with some lunch. Praise the Lord. You know? That doesn't happen every day. But <laughs> but that's, that's what Kathy's saying here. The small stuff. The little things that are going on. And so God will talk to you about those things. But we have to, there, there has to be a time when you start to be open about it and say, Okay, God. I don't want to just be static with you. I want you to be involved in, in all of the little things. When, when somebody comes to me and, and I don't know what to say, God, I, I want you to, to give me words to say. Help me, God, to know what to do. And then you begin to get involved with that and, and things begin to happen. And so Jesus is saying here that um, when, in verse 19... The world sees me no, no more in a little while, but you see me because I live, you also shall live. In other words, uh, the, the life of Jesus will live inside of us. Okay, that, and that, that's, that's just a, a whole Bible study in itself. You get you know, uh, Romans 5 and 6 where we died with Christ and we live with Christ and just some awesome stuff where you know, the, Holy, the, the life of the Spirit just flows through us and, and awesome. I mean, you could just, that's a springboard where you could just take off. But, but I want to keep going. At, at that day, you shall know that I am in my Father. Okay, in other words, see, Peter just asked that uh, Jesus show them the Father. And actually, Jesus is still answering that question. We may have forgotten that because it's taken us a while. Because this idea of Jesus' connection with the Father 
is still totally lost on them. That, that they, they don't understand how that relationship is actually enabling Jesus to succeed in everything He's doing. And so He's saying, there's going to be a time when you, it finally dawns on you what I'm, what I'm telling you. Okay? Because relating, relating to God in those days was, you know, go and kill the bull, your sins are forgiven for a year. And then next year you got to go do it again. There was no, there was no God speaks to me personally and, and gives me words to say in certain situations and, and, and tells me things to do when circumstances seem overwhelming and, and there doesn't seem to be a pathway. There was, there was none of that. Okay, so, so that is one of the reasons why the life that Jesus lived was so foreign and, and, and what he, his, the ideas he was presenting about his connection with the Father were just completely off the map. The idea that God would talk into... I mean, God talked to Moses. You know? God talked to some of the prophets, but God did not talk to people individually. Okay? There had to... There, there was a priest, or, you know, in years past, there was a mediator, one of the prophets, but God did not talk to people and lead them. But Jesus is saying that you will understand this relationship I have with the Father because you will have the same dynamics. When the Holy, by the Holy Spirit, you will be able to have the same dynamic relationship with the Father. Now, here's what happens, though, is that life circumstances come in and then we begin to default to our, uh, our own abilities, our own thinking, or what the world has taught to us how to deal with relationships, how to deal with situations. Right? Yeah. We begin to default to uh, sort of our worldly thinking and, and we begin to rationalize the situation or whatever's going on based on how we want to see it or what our minds are saying. Um, and we leave that dynamic part of the Holy Spirit out. But Jesus is saying to us that that is the key, because that was my key, is constantly trying to hear from God. But there will it's a struggle, because our minds continually want to get in the way. And the influences from the outside, the things that our family tries to ways our family tries to force us to think about life. Right? Jesus dealt with that. Wanted trying to force Jesus to see life how they saw it. They thought he was crazy, tried to go get him and and bring him back. So family influences or education, right? Man, we're just so smart in America. Man, just look at Facebook and you realize that we're not smart at all. <laughs> Man, people Facebook is, as Betty was saying, it's just the it's the jungle of opinions. You know, there is n there is no truth on Facebook. No truth. Don't go to Facebook looking for truth. You know what you're going to find on Facebook? You're going to find everybody spewing whatever they think, and it's just all from the world. Every now and then you stumble across somebody who's been in the Word, and they might post something, and then they, then they get crucified on Facebook. <laughs> we closed our accounts. Best thing we ever did. Thank you, Jesus. 
I do advocate closing your Facebook account. Unless you need to see pictures of your grandkids. So, at that day you shall know that I am in my Father. Uh, you shall know that I am in my Father. And you in me and I in you. So, this dynamics of relating to directly to God is going to come to them one day. And this the, the love that they share... And so this idea of he who has my commandments and keeps them, and Miss Betty talked about that a lot, is that's an evidence thing. And it's not that we're perfect. It's that we are practicing. We are trying to hear from God. And we're measuring ourselves by the Word. And then we're, we're, we are doing our best to live it out. So Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, um, one of the... Uh, one of the other uh, disciples, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us and not unto the world? And so, this because there was the assumption that Jesus was going to, as the Savior, was going to, you know, manifest himself as the Redeemer who would destroy the Romans and liberate, you know, the Jews, right? And so Judas is saying, okay, it's essentially he's saying we still don't get it. We, we have no idea what you're talking about, Jesus. I mean, you might as well be talking a different language. You know, you might as well be an alien right now because we have no idea what you're trying to sell us. And so, so Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So, I mean, this is one of the this is one of the verses that I suggest we all memorize. I've been I've always been terrible at scripture memorization my whole life. I can remember where the verse is. <laughs> you know, but I can't memorize the actual verse. I'll go find it for you most days. But this is one of those where, you see, when you're talking about dwelling, I mean, this concept that Jesus presented presents here in this verse is revolutionary. And so we can't skip over it because, see, Jesus says He's going to prepare a dwelling for us in heaven, but while we are still still on earth, we are a dwelling for the Holy Spirit, we're, which means we're a dwelling for Jesus, we're a dwelling for the Father. God lives inside of us by the Holy Spirit. Now, this idea is because when Moses made the tabernacle, God said, I will come and I will be in the tabernacle, right? And then Solomon builds the temple and the Lord descends and he fills the temple. And essentially he says, I have now made my dwelling among men. I'm, I'm present here. I have a, a place where I'm marking my presence. And then Jesus says, uh, but it was limited to that space. But then Jesus says that by the Holy Spirit, the dwelling of God, the home of God. Now think about home. Home is where 
home is where I go and my kids, I'm not even parked yet. And my kids know what time I come home. And they come running out, you know. And half the time, I have to honk at them and tell them to stay in the grass while I park the car. So, you know, because they make me nervous running around the car. And then I go in and there's AC and I see, you know, the couch and I see Liana's, you know, little toys everywhere that she's been playing with. And I see that Jace just got a new bow and arrow and he wants to show me how to shoot the bow and arrow. And I take my shoes off, you know, and I walk around with, with my socks that have holes in them, you know, and I'm just home. I'm just home. I, it, it, it's a place where there's no pretense, where you feel at peace, where you can relax, where you can be accepted unconditionally. That that is the ideal home that we have. Not, not everybody's home is has that picture, you know, and I, and I understand that. But that's sort of the the ideal. That that's sort of the snapshot of what we think. And Jesus says that the Father, I and the Father by the Holy Spirit will make my home inside of you, of each of us, and that is where we'll dwell. In other words. That's where God wants to be. Go ahead, Betty. Betty needs a microphone there. Well, where he is saying, <clears throat> Judas said, how, how is it that you'll disclose us to, to us and not to the world? <clears throat> he wants some big thing to happen yeah. to demonstrate yeah. um, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is going to throw off the Romans. And Jesus is saying, no, this is about intimacy. Yeah, this is one-on-one. It one. makes it personal, yes. And so there's people that are yeah. going, God, I'm waiting for you to do this big thing right. that really shows who you are and yeah. um, maybe proves to my enemies or you know solves these problems for me. And he's saying, no, I'm talking about maybe nothing will change on the outside. Yeah. The big yeah. thing you're waiting for. It's not the most important thing. It's that intimacy I want with you. Amen. Yeah, no, that's and that's we're beautiful. For, we're asking for the wrong thing. Do yeah. something big. Fix this problem. Yeah. Make everything right. And it's like, no, no, that's yep. not. No, that that's, that's a great way to say it. After. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, that the manifestation is personal. When God, when God reveals Himself inside of each of us. Now, what Jesus. And so, what, what I see here to close is Jesus is saying, the way you are going to overcome all the circumstances... I'm trying to tie this back to, you know, how I open. The idea that life just seems so overwhelming. Well, as the pressure comes in, okay? Now, stay with me. As the pressure from, from outside influences begins to weigh down on your soul, on your mind, on your spirit, and you just you start to feel that heaviness, there's this sense inside of you that, that you just don't have the strength to withstand all of the pressures. And so you begin to get nervous, and your blood pressure goes up, and your heart rate goes up, and your anxiety goes up, 
and you begin and your emotions go crazy and you begin to say things that don't make any sense and you begin to just sort of react because internally there's just this sense of I'm insufficient to deal with life. And what Jesus is saying is that my strength comes because my Father lives inside of me. And so, in my human nature, Jesus knew that in in His humanity, there's no way He could do it. But He had the strength of God the Father living inside of Him. And suddenly, He knew that He could do it. He knew that He could do it. And so, when life feels that way, is when you go, God, I don't have it in myself. And I just feel the pressures of life starting to come so heavy. I'm feeling that, God. Right now, it's happening, but God, I have your strength. Please, God, show me a way. I want to see you and see that you, God, are so much bigger than any circumstance that this life could bring, no matter how hard it seems in my mind. i got to, by faith, believe that if Jesus could overcome because you lived inside of Him, if you are living inside of me, then I can do it too. So help me, God. Man, then the problem starts to get bigger, smaller, And the situation starts to minimize and diminish. And the strength of God begins to fill you up and say, okay, I can do this now. I've got God living inside of me. I don't have anything to be afraid of. Because I know that my Father in heaven has not left me, but He's come to fill me up and He will give me the strength to overcome. I don't know how exactly right now, but I know it's going to happen. And that's the beginning of it. That, that's the beginning of it right there. So start there. And God will start to work that out. And that's the dynamics of relating to God. Amen? Well, that's, that, that's kind of what I had. It, you know, I hope I did okay. Uh, it, it's a difficult thing to explain and to talk about because it is so personal for every person. Uh, but... That's the life of the Spirit. That's the life that Jesus lived. That's how He overcame, and that's how we're going to overcome. Amen? See you tomorrow morning. Hope you have a great... Oh, see you tonight, actually. Tune in tonight at 7 p.m. Latterain.com. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www. 